Hey, how's it going, everyone? Grant Cohn here. Practice wrapped up a few hours ago, day one of Niners mini camp. I got, I can answer all your questions. Uh, hopefully, you saw my good, and not so good. So you already a little bit, you know, primed for what I'm going to talk about because I'm assuming you've seen that. Straight up. First, though, I'm going to talk about the things that were said at the press conferences afterward. You may have seen those videos as well. Starting with Debo, the story of the day. Debo showed up. He was in a Niners uh, gear. He had a Niners t-shirt on. He was hanging out with Niners players. He was on the Niners practice field. He was running around with the ball in his hand. Did he do uh, drills? No. Did he wear, you know, a uniform? No. Bosa did. Debo didn't. Now, again, this is looked at as huge news, great news, sign that the Niners are going to work this out with Debo, right? Well, after practice, reporter asked Kyle Shanahan, does this mean Debo has dropped his trade request? And Kyle's like, well, you're going to have to talk to Debo about that. And then they didn't bring Debo out to talk. So I, all I all we're left to assume is that Debo has not dropped his trade request. Okay, so why did he show up to minicamp today? Was it just to save $90,000? Maybe. I don't know. Trent Williams was talked, was interviewed after practice. And he was asked about Debo. Like, I know you guys are close. Has he reached out to you for advice? Um, and what Trent said was like, look, yes, we're close. Um, he's a grown man. It's his business. It's not my place to step in and tell him what to do. But if he ever reaches out, I'm here for him. And he has reached out. He said that. Didn't say what they spoke about, but he did say that it was important for Debo to show up to minicamp today to show his maturity. So I don't know. I'm putting two and two together here. I'm thinking that Debo thinks maybe the way he conducted things this offseason backfired somewhat. He was going really hard in the paint on this one. You know, not only requesting a trade formally through the, through the media, Jeff Darlington, but all the social media stuff. I think it's possible once he saw that there wasn't, you know, a line down the block waiting to trade two first round picks for him on draft night. I think he might've realized that maybe, maybe his tactics backfired in that teams around the league are looking at him being like, how mature are you? I mean, it's March and you're flipping out. Why can't you wait? Why won't you give the Niners the benefit of the doubt? That's how they always do business. Why do you need money now? Why are you doing the, why should we feel confident giving you money? You know, why is, is there an issue here? And I think what he's trying to do is make sure that, that that's not the perception. He's trying to change the perception about him. I'm mature is what he's trying to say. Whatever you think about me, it's not, I'm a team guy. I'm mature. Haven't dropped my trade request though. Now I still think he's going to work it out with the Niners. I'm just trying to interpret what today means. Is today a one step forward in the 49ers negotiation with Debo? I don't think so. They haven't said that they've re resumed negotiations. I just think this is Debo trying to maybe repair his image a little bit. He thinks he maybe he went overboard. That public perception looks at him as maybe being the bad guy here, not in his favor. And he's trying to change that. Shows up. He's the good guy again. Great. Now the Niners have to sign him. I think they probably will, but not anytime soon. Trey watches Grant. I love Trey. He, he, drop, he makes his point. But he also does it with a smile and shows that he's above it, which I try to do at 34. I don't know if I would have been able to do at 22. He's got a lot of poise. He's uh, very mature. Talk about maturity. All right. More news from the press conferences after practice. 
Nick Bosa showed up to minicamp, and I think I'm not the only person that noticed that there's a lot of parallels between him and Debo Samuel. A lot of questions with Debo. What about Nick Bosa? Are there any updates on the contract negotiations with him? And Kyle Shanahan, candid, candid head coach that he is, God bless him, said, not really. We haven't even really started that. Can you imagine any other coach saying that? Thanks, Kyle. Yeah, I haven't really started that. Uh, very interesting. Not surprised, though. Not su- surprised for a few reasons. One, it doesn't seem like the Niners are ever in a rush to get anyone signed anymore. Trent Balky liked to do that. He liked to kind of preemptively sign people before they got too expensive. It was smart. I mean, it was it was a strategy. It had some, some merit. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan don't seem to do that. Um, from their perspective, there's no rush. He, he was a first-round pick. It was a fifth-year option. He, he's not entering a lame-duck year. He signed through 2023. So, like, this isn't even really something to talk about now unless Nick Bosa was willing to sign for less. And we know he's not. We know – just look at the, the contracts his brother has negotiated. His brother also waited until after his fourth year, not his third year, to sign an extension. So Bosa's patient. He wants the most money possible. The Niners want to nickel and dime you and save some money. So they're far, I mean, they're neither side has any urgency to get this done anytime soon. Uh, I do think also I, the Niners would never admit it publicly, but let's see Bosa stay healthy again for a year. Because I, has he had two healthy seasons in a row? I don't know if he's had two healthy seasons in a row since high school. Maybe he has, but he sort of has a pattern. So before you give Nick Bosa a fully guaranteed $150 million contract or whatever, let him stay healthy for a second year in a row. I mean, frankly, that's that's what I would do. I wouldn't just rush up to Bosa. Oh my God, you had a great year. Like he's under no, he's in no hurry. You should be in no hurry. Let him prove that he can stay healthy. He has a really awful pattern. And I'm not saying if he gets hurt, you don't extend him, but if he gets hurt this year. The price changes. The circumstances change. So I think the Niners are actually handling this prudently, correctly, if I'm interpreting things the right way. Mr. Hickman says, do you think Jennings is going to have a breakout season? Uh, I do. I do indeed. I'm going to talk about him in a minute. Bear with me. And I'll I'll, I'll, uh, dedicate it to you, Satan Hickman. But I'm not there yet. I got to go in this particular order. D Ford reporter asked Kyle Shanahan about D Ford at the press conference after practice. They're like, so D Ford wasn't here. Is he coming? Is he still on the team? And like, is he going to, is he going to retire? Is he going to get released? And Kyle said, you know, we've given him an, an excused absence because he's rehabbing, but he's going to come in soon for a physical. And you know, he's him and his representatives are saying that he feels really good that he wants to play. And so Kyle's like, that's great. He won't be playing for us, most likely. <laughs> but yeah, sure, you know, go Godspeed. I thought that was funny. Uh, they're closing the door on D Ford now. After f- three three years of waiting around for him to do something, probably two years too late. Uh, but I also think it's amazing that D Ford wants to keep playing. At the same time, I respect it. Like, he gets an injury that prevents him from working. It's his business if he wants to keep fighting through it. And frankly, the Niners signed him to a contract. It's it's D Ford's business if he wants to keep rehabbing, getting injured, rehabbing, and cashing checks. He's not doing anything wrong. Niners knew the risk. They knew he had a back issue. 
when they signed him. It's well within D Ford's rights to keep saying, I want to, I want to play football. Pay me. I want to play football. Hey, look, I rehabbed. Hey, look, it's been a while. I feel better. Let's give it a shot. Oh, my neck, my back went out again. Well, I gave it an honest effort. I mean, honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. The Niners should have known what they were getting into with his back. They gave him a lot of money. I'm, if I were D Ford, honestly, I would do the same thing. I want to play. Because when he's done with football, where's the income coming from? That's pro- that's that's a problem for a lot of players. Why would you just willingly give it up? To help the Niners? He's not a Niner fan. He's a professional football player who signed a contract with a team that would, you know, get rid of him and wash their hands of him if they could without financial repercussions. So uh, it sounds like the Niners are probably going to release D Ford and he might try to sign somewhere else. Um, which is be amazing, right? If D Ford just did nothing for the Niners for three years after they gave him so many millions of dollars and then he went somewhere else and miraculously had a bounce back year, wouldn't that just be the Niners' luck? Watch D Ford go back to the Chiefs and have a terrific year randomly. I don't know. I'm not saying the Niners should keep D Ford, I'm just saying it's a debacle. And for whatever reason, the Niners have bad luck with this one and things like and players in situations like this. I did. It did make me chuckle a little bit when Kyle said that D Ford feels good. Like, yeah, what were you expecting? You were expecting D Ford to come up this offseason and be like, you know, I know I'm a, I'm a big albatross on, on your salary cap. I'm just going to retire. I'm going to I'm going to choose to stop earning money now out of the because I want what's best for the 49ers. In what universe is that going to happen? I'm not that nice. Is D Ford supposed to be that nice? Seth Harvey says, "What do you think about Traverius Ward?" Said about Trey Lance. Interesting, right? He said. Light skin, good, LOL, love this dude already. It was hilarious. I mean, to me, someone asked, like, what are the does Trey Lance remind you of Patrick Mahomes? What is he supposed to say? You gotta say something nice, but you also can't just start comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. I wouldn't compare him to Patrick Mahomes yet. So he's in a tough position. He thinks about it, he smiles, he's like, Yeah, they're both light skinned. <laughs> like pretty much the perfect answer. I appreciate Traverius Ward for um, getting right to the point and keeping it real. Sven says, off topic, what are those frame picks behind you? Okay, okay, okay. That, Deadpool, this, Captain America, both drawn by my older cousin, first cousin, Scott Cohn, who is on Twitter. He's a great artist. He does, he does like uh, a lot of the drawing for the Marvel comics movies, the storyboards and stuff. That is an original poster from seeing Dave Chappelle at 03 at the Warfield when I was 15. I've seen Dave Chappelle live so many times, but that was one of the first times. I was, yeah, 15, Warfield. So I'm trying to decorate my new studio, and I'm just getting started. Anyway, thanks, fan. Moving on. All right, so we just talked about D. Ford. He's on the way out, although he apparently feels great. He always feels great this time of year. Drake Jackson's the replacement. This was my first time really watching Drake Jackson work. He was there for all of 11 on 11s. And I just did a lot of 11 on 11s. Not a lot, but the most they've done all offseason. And he was out there playing left defensive end on the second team going against a guy named Sam Schluter, I believe his name is. I had never heard of him. Sam Schluter. S-C-H-L-U. E-T-E-R, I think. I think. Okay? Nothing against this guy. Nothing against him. He's made it this far. I don't think he's going to make the team. Maybe practice squad guy. Maybe. 
I'm expecting Drake Jackson to beat him once. Because you know what? D Ford would. I, I know D Ford can't make it through a full season, but D Ford in practice in the offseason, I mean, he routinely, routinely would whoop Mike McGlinchey. He just destroy Mike McGlinchey, not to mention Tom Compton. I have a feel I have a feeling he would do the same to Sam It's that first step, the dip. I the problem with, with D Ford is the contact of the game. He, he, I don't think his neck can really withstand it anymore. But in practice, I, we know booby, no contest. Drake Jackson couldn't beat him. And it was like he'd try to go around him on the edge and get tied up or get pushed around the quarterback. So I'm not saying that Drake Jackson's not going to be a, you know, a great player. Maybe he'll end up getting 10 sacks a year. I just didn't see a dominant player right now. And what I did see is a guy who's bigger than he needs to be. He's replacing D Ford, right? D Ford weighs like 250. Drake Jackson's big. He's got that 90. Maybe it's his number. He's number, he's number 95. He got it from Catavia Street. He almost looks like a defensive tackle. Looks like He looks at least 270. And I don't know why he needs to be that big. Because at 270, he couldn't beat Sam Schluter around the edge. I couldn't do it. So maybe he should drop weight. I mean, I know he was, his weight was fluctuating, fluctuating a lot at USC. He was at 270. He was down to 250. He was playing outside linebacker. I thought the whole idea of drafting a guy like him was that he's kind of built like an outside linebacker, but you can put him at wide nine. He can line up way out on the edge and he can close that distance very quickly. I didn't see a guy with a quick first step out today. Maybe at 255, he has it. I just saw a guy getting tied up by Sam Schluter. So, again, I think he's he was built as a project. I know his weight's fluctuated. He may be just freaking amazing next year. But right now, he looks like a guy who needs to drop some weight, I think, just to, for starters. Right now, he looks like a guy who just got out of college. He looks like a typical rookie. But again, I saw Nick Bosa as a rookie. I saw Alden Smith as a rookie. This guy isn't that. He's a project. He's not going to just step in and dominate starting offensive tackles right away when he was losing to Sam Schluter every time today. Just one practice, but no pads. That's that's even more difficult for offensive linemen. There's nothing to hold. You can't hold when there's no pads. So I was a little underwhelmed in my first impression of Drake Jackson. But it's early. Again, I haven't even seen him do the one-on-ones. The one-on-ones start when they put on pads in August. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, when do we get a house tour? I don't think that's wise. It'd be fun to do a. Uh, it'd be fun to do MTV Crib style house tour, but there's so many people who don't like me that I don't think I need to be putting myself out there like to that extent. I, that's what the last couple of weeks really let me know. Like, there's a lot of people out here that don't like me i don't know i was walking through the uh i was walking through the parking lot of safeway last couple weeks ago and true sav comedy saw me i think you guys might know who he is i've seen him before i just heard his voice he's hey grant and i like i was like like oh i was out man i was like someone's mad at me someone's gonna smack me and he's like oh not today huh and i look back and i was like oh man i'm sorry i'm so sorry but i'm like I'm I'm really considering walking around the streets of Oakland wearing the like uh the Humpty, the, the Humpty Hump, the, the Groucho Marx disguise because man, 
Most hated person in Oakland right now. <laughs> no house tour. Uh, moving on. So I wasn't particularly impressed. Who's spamming my who's spamming my chat? What oh, what area in Oakland am I in? Uh, I am I am sort of by the Mormon temple, if you know where that is. Okay. I don't want to get too specific over here. What's moving on? So uh, Drake Jackson wasn't super impressed, needs to drop some weight and get it, start to look like an NFL vet. Kamoko Ture is everything I expected Drake Jackson to be today. Maybe Drake Jackson will be better than him tomorrow. But today, Kamoko Ture was the D4 replacement. It's not Samson Ebukam. Ebukam's an edge setter. He's a, he's a decent pass rusher. Kamoko Ture was, play, was playing opposite of Drake Jackson on the second team. And he was the guy that had the quick first step. He was the guy that was closing the distance with the offensive tackle instantly. He was the guy that seemed explosive. He was the guy that was dipping and getting under the offensive tackle's hands and winning. Teray was the guy that was winning. And you know what it looks like when an edge rusher wins in practice? He beats the offensive lineman. It's just him and the quarterback. And at the last minute, the, the edge rusher slides. Like he's stealing second base. That's what Toure did today. He did it repeatedly. And when he wasn't sliding to avoid touching the quarterback, the quarterback, i.e. Trey Lance, sometimes Nate Sudfeld, was st stepping up in the pocket, exiting, and scrambling. So that guy seems like a hell of an addition. I think, I don't know what Drake Jackson's going to do as a rookie. Maybe Drake Jackson ends up being an interior. He looks like a defensive tackle. I don't – Drake Jackson looks bigger than Arden Key to me. I, either he drops weight or maybe they use him like they used Arden Key last year because to me, Toure is that twitched up, lean, 255-pound D4 replacement. He's the one that – he's not as good as a healthy D4, but he looked really good today. I mean, he was given those backup offensive tackles the business, as he should have been, as Drake Jackson should have been. So, again, maybe Drake Jackson – is going to be the new Arden Key, the interior rusher. Although he, I didn't see him do that in college, but Arden Key didn't do that in college either. Frankly, right now, it looks like that's the body he's got, the interior rusher. I don't know. Maybe it's the number, 95. Have there ever been, has there ever been a good edge rusher with a 95 number? Ture is 53. That just looks faster. Anyway, you see what I mean when you see him. He looks, he's, he's smaller, leaner, quicker, more explosive, really good addition. To this team, I, I would think unless Drake Jackson really proves himself, the Niners are going to go with Toure as the edge rusher opposite Bosa on passing down. Anyway, definitely has that acceleration off the snap is very baller. Says that's what you want, right? Because the whole thing with the wide nine defensive end, there you are that player on the defensive line is the one furthest away from the quarterback. The one like the one on the weak side opposite the tight end is outside the offensive tackle but on the strong side that defensive end is outside the tight end so he's a whole further he's, he's one gap further away from the quarterback that dude must needs to be super explosive off the snap otherwise be hard and key go rush in the interior maybe be great at that anyway Teray, great addition let's talk trey lance trey lance today was 14 of 18 with two drops. 
just a phenomenal day, right? 14 of 18 with two drops, also a lot of work on third down and in the red zone. Those are the two, I mean, those are two really tough uh, situations for a quarterback in practice when the defense knows you're not going to run. And he's flawless. He was practically flawless. So that's really good. I think it's clear that he has improved his command of the offense. Everyone says it, right? Better command of the offense, more confident. Really processes defense as well, knows to go with the ball. Already, and this is very important. This is why I felt he should have started last year. This is why there's no question he needs to start this year. He does not put the ball in harm's way. He does not make bad decisions with the football. I've watched him <clears throat> three times this offseason. He hasn't thrown one ball up for grabs. He hasn't thrown one ball right to a linebacker or right to a defensive player. He's like, how did you not see him? He really protects the football. He threw an interception today. It was one of the nicest passes I've ever seen him throw. It was in the red zone. It was seven on seven. He saw Brandon Ayuk one-on-one against Kadar Holman and figured Brandon Ayuk's going to win that 50-50 matchup. But instead of just throwing it up, it had touch. It hit. It literally hit Ayuk in the chest between the ones. Hit him between the ones. Ayuk some now give Holman credit. It was right there. It was very content. It was very closely contested. And I clearly felt bothered enough that he couldn't catch the ball. I mean, it was not an uncontested catch. Holman was in his face. I trusted, excuse me, Lance trusted I to make the catch anyway, didn't hit him in the chest. Holman wasn't even looking at the at the play. It just bounced into his 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 back was the was the Lance. Caught the ball. It was it was amazing. But it was a great throw. It was a perfect throw that literally literally hit the receiver in the chest. That was the interception that he's thrown so far. Otherwise there's been no like dropped interception with Jimmy. Jimmy Jimmy threw 11 picks in in training camp last year. That always gets glossed over. But he is a disaster waiting to happen every day. Every day in minicamp because he has no idea what he's looking at. Lance really does. And so in year two, even without any experience, much experience, he's protecting the football. And he's not even scrambling. That automatically makes him better than Jimmy Garoppolo. But I can't give Trey Lance higher than a B right now for what he's shown. I want to see more from Lance. He can be so much better. Everyone's waiting for him to, you know, be Patrick Mahomes or show that he could be Justin Herbert. He's not there yet, even though he's a very uh, smart, cerebral, big, mobile. I mean, he's everything. But we got to come back to the spiral. He, I'm sorry, Trey. You, you talked about it today. I didn't invent the fact that you have a wobble in your pack. People have seen it, okay? You don't have it on all your throws, but today on the one shot you took deep, there was one hell of a wobble. And if you slowed it down, I'm sure it would be, you know, wobble of the year. You had, I'm not talking directly to Trey Lance. Trey Lance had Raven McLeod open on a post. It was one-on-one. Had he put it out in front of Ray Ray, might have been a touchdown. But the ball wobbled, fluttered, and literally landed behind Ray Ray. So Ray Ray's looking this way. It's behind him. To me, that's a, 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 a f- symptom of the, the wobble. And when he's throwing short passes, it's not as pronounced. Maybe maybe the ball wobbles one time in the air. 
Maybe it doesn't wobble at all. But when he's throwing downfield and you need to be like pinpoint, I don't know that he's got it right now. Maybe he will in the future. Maybe he does have it right now. Maybe all the other days when the media's not there, he's dicing it up down the field. But so far, he's either he's either not throwing the ball down the field or missing. And it's crazy. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo used to try to throw deep. He's never good at it. He used to try to. What happened? He missed the deep throw in the Super Bowl to Emmanuel Sanders. And that was in front of everyone. It was the fourth quarter. It defined his career. Ever since then, I've, I've always said he's had, he has PTSD. He doesn't want to relive those pain, that pain. If Lance had thrown this deep ball today in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl with the season on the line, I mean, it was that bad. It was worse. So, you know, it's something he can work on. But at the same time, you do that in a game in the wrong situation, it, it, can, it can define you. Ask Jimmy. So a big part of the Niners going to Trey is that he's going to expand the field. Well, yeah. If he can be accurate with his, I know he has the arm strength for it, but he's got to be accurate too. Um, not saying he's not. We've seen him hit some of these throws last year. And a lot of like, he hit some deep throws last year, two to Debo in particular. Both were nitpicked as underthrown, which technically they were. But a lot of people were like, who cares? Jimmy won't even look. He won't even attempt it, which is true. It wasn't always that way, but it's true now. But ultimately, Trey Lance won't be compared to Jimmy. In my opinion, he's already, he's always been better than Jimmy, but he's going to be compared to Justin Herbert, top people that are legitimately in the top eight. He's got to hit these throws. You have Ray Ray one-on-one in the post. You don't miss to the right. If you, if you throw it way out there to the left where he's to the inside, he might run under it. Anyway, just one throw, but it's something, it's something to watch because that's when the wobble has consequences down the field. All the best downfield throwers I've ever seen throw majestic spirals. Guys who really throw the ball well down the field. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, young Beth, young Ben Roethlisberger. That's the way I remember it. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, doesn't mean he won't be a very good quarterback. But this is something I'm looking at. The, the deep ball with Lance. Richie says Deshaun Jackson would be a good addition. Multiple deep threats on the field would make Debo even more dangerous than last season. Yeah, considering Danny Gray's hurt, already has a, a hamstring injury, bring in Deshaun Jackson. Although there's a lot of time. But yeah, if, if Danny Gray keeps getting hurt, then probably bring in Deshaun. Peyton Manning, great player. Not a huge deep ball guy, though. You know what I'm saying? Maybe Trey Lance won't be either. Peyton Manning was just deadly in the intermediate, and he, he could throw 30, 40, 30, 40 yards on a line, but he wasn't a huge deep ball guy. Anyway, maybe maybe Lance won't be either. Or maybe he will be. I don't know. But just I just have visions of Russell Wilson's majestic spiral traveling 60, 50, 60 yards in the air. Justin Herbert, too. So far, that's not Lance. So far. Moving on, Brandon Ayuk's offseason. I've been a little critical of Brandon Ayuk so far this offseason, uh, which is funny because last year I was very defensive of Ayuk as Kyle Shanahan was critical of him. This this year, Kyle Shanahan's been very uh, praising him. Today he said he looks having his best offseason ever. 
and said, you know, it's funny because the last two years there really wasn't an off season. There was no off season in 2020. There was an abbreviated off season in 2021. This is the real thing, and I actually benefiting from it. I don't, I don't disagree with that. I don't dispute that at all. And I'm not saying that I was having a bad off season. I just think that he can be better. Is I guess what I'm saying. Chavarius Ward put it well today. He's an outsider. I, I, he doesn't really mince words. He sort of says how he's feeling. He says, you know, Ayuk, he can be a number one receiver. Everyone knows he can be a number one receiver once he gets his mind. He didn't say get his mind right. He cut himself off. But he, he said once he puts it all together. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to see from Ayuk this not I'm, this offseason. That's what I want to see from Ayuk this offseason. And to me, I didn't see it in these last three weeks. He's still good. He's always been good. He was good the moment he stepped into this onto this team. The first time he stepped on the practice field, he was good. But I don't see a number one wide receiver right now. He could have asserted himself, asserted himself this during this period when Debo's gone and Kittle's gone. It's all you, man. Dominate. Assert yourself. Kick ass. But to me, I saw the same Brandon Ayuk I've seen the last two years. Good player. But also, really, I mean, the bulk of Trey Lance's interceptions in front of the media, the last three practices came when he was throwing to Ayuk. At least three drops. Maybe four. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't count. I'd like to see Ayuk just step up and be that freaking stud that he can be. That he's never been yet. That Debo became last year. I think Ayuk can do it too, but I didn't see it. I didn't see him take that next step and assert himself. Maybe he'll do it in training camp. Maybe he'll do it this season. Maybe he never will. Maybe he's not an assertive player. Maybe he's a number two receiver. Maybe he's an excellent number two receiver. I don't know. We'll see. But I think we'll have a much better idea of what he is after this year, and that'll determine whether the Niners resign him. So B for the offseason for Brandon Ayuk. And I said that with Trey Lance too, right? I guess I'd like to see more from both of them. I feel like both of them can be AA pluses. Maybe in training camp, those two will link up all over the field. Big play after big play. So far, hasn't happened. T-Town, Jersey Niners says, I truly feel this season will, uh, will rely on Trey. Thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Also, Kittle being healthy, Debo being healthy, Ayuk stepping up, the offensive line not being awful. Trey equals young Big Ben. Maybe. I, I don't know. To, I, I, look, I, when I saw Big Ben in person in 2014 when Tom Sula was the coach, 15. All I know is he was throwing left. He was throwing downfield all over the place because Kenneth Acker was on the field. And I was in the press box watching those throws, being like, these are some of the most gorgeous passes I've ever seen. I, I, unreal. I my, I was in awe of Ben Roethlisberger that day. So that's that's what I think of when I think of Ben Roethlisberger throwing down the field. I haven't been in, in awe of a Trey Lance throw de- like deep yet. You're making a TikTok rant. TikTok would be lit. Man, I don't know. Maybe Maybe one day if I'm bored. Who knows? I won't, I won't never say never. Okay. So Brandon, I, I'm a little disappointed that he hasn't taken the next step that he's still merely good. Not the great player. I think he can become Jawan Jennings has improved. What I like to see from a young player is someone 
to assert himself on the practice field and say, I'm the best player here today. Give me the damn ball. Not, you know, you don't have to verbalize it, but I'm the best player here. Throw to me. And that's what Jennings is like. Today, they were working on the red zone to start. And it was real clear he's the go-to guy in the red zone. First throw went to Dwelly. Good player. But he was covered by Jimmy Ward. Forget about it. I mean, I like Ross Dwelly, but dude, Jimmy Ward is the best man-to-man coverage safety on safeties in the league. He could shut down George Kittle. He could shut down Travis Kelsey. Ross Dwelly? So... I appreciate the sentiment, Trey Lance, but that didn't work. <clears throat> then he throws a pass to Brandon Ayuk in the flat. Uh, gets tagged at the three-yard line. They call it a touchdown. It might have been a tackle. Who knows? Then he throws to Jawan Jennings. Left slot. Runs it out and up. Just destroys Darquesnar. Wide open. One of those like ooh and ah plays. After practice, you're talking about Jawan Jennings be a good, being a good route runner. Well, yeah, when you practically get the starting nickel back to fall over on your double move in the red zone to the back pylon, yeah, I would say that's what I want to see from IU. Make someone look bad. Jawan Jennings did today. Where the, this was, I didn't see this from Jawan Jennings. In the, he would have moments in practices in the past. Today, it was like, give me the, give me the damn ball. I'm going crazy. This guy can't guard me. At least that was the what he exuded. So very next play, Lance goes right back to him, this time in the right slot. And since he just beat Denard with the out and up, Denard's a little on his heels and just a quick out route touchdown. Denard's really on his heels at this point. And a few plays later, he's playing with the uh, with Sudfeld. He's got uh, Diamador Lenore on him. Sudfeld looks to the left first, comes all the way back to the right. Jenny's just posts up, boxes him out, catches the t- Easiest touchdown, that's three. I mean, he's looking like that. There's always one player in his third year who's way different than he was previously. It's him. I'm not saying he's a starting wide receiver. I'm not saying he's going to have 100 catches. He looks, well, he did look like this at the end of last season. He start, Maybe he took this step last year because last year in training camp, he didn't do this, but he was making plays at the end of last season in playoffs. Maybe he's just carrying over, but right now he's a very confident player. He seems more confident on the field than Brandon Ayuk. Doesn't mean he's better than Ayuk. He just has the confidence I'd like Ayuk to show. He is a real weapon in the red zone. Wow. Like he might be the go-to guy in the in the red zone. Seriously. Seriously. And I mean, Ray Ray McLeod is really good too. Ray Ray McLeod for a for a small wide receiver has really been coached well. You, he, and plus he has phenomenal hand-eye coordination. He routinely makes difficult catches on throws on, uh, way outside of his frame. That being said, he's not going to make the impact that Jennings makes in the red zone. And if Jennings can do the stuff that he did today, he's not going to s- give up many targets and, and snaps. He's going to play a lot. Uh, really improved player, Juwan Jennings, if you're wondering. Thought you might like to know. Moving on. So this is more news from after practice. A lot of questions about Jake Brendel because Alex Mack retired, and I believe Kyle Shanahan spoke to the media today for the first time since that was official. And a lot of questions about Brendel because he's taken all the snaps at center. 
so far this offseason. And I just assume that Brunskill is going to become the center once he's healthy in tra- training camp. But maybe I'm wrong because oh, Kyle couldn't praise Br- Jake Brendel enough. And what he what stuck at the most important part of the praise is that Chris Forster, the offensive line coach, pretty much is the reason Brendel's on the team. He brought him over from Miami. So this is, Brendel is Forster's pet project, if you will, going back years. He's been coaching Brendel for years. And he says, he believes that Brendel's the truth, that Brendel's really good. Kyle Shanahan today said that Brendel has far exceeded expectations. This really, really scares me. It troubles me because I'm sure Brendel's really smart. He went to UCLA. I'm sure he's really smart. He's a 29-year-old vet who went to UCLA. He's been in the offense for a few years. I'm sure he knows it inside and out. I'm sure in the meeting room, he's flawless. I'm sure in practice, he's good or good enough. He's played six snaps the last three years in real games. He started three games in his career. I don't care how good he is in practice. How can you just say, well, we like him. I mean, I guess the Niners are saying, well, you know, if we're doing it with Trey Lance, why not do it at center two? Fair. Also, if Jake Brendel flops, they can always move Daniel Brunskill there. But doesn't this feel a lot like 2020 when they talk themselves into another practice? I mean, Brendel's a practice squad guy. In my opinion, I know he was on the Niners team last year, but he's a fringe practice squad guy. He's like the 53rd guy on your roster. In 2020, Weston Richburg was hurt. Ben Garland was hurt. The Niners talked themselves into Hronis Grasu, a practice squad guy, being good enough to start. And he wasn't. He was awful. And midway through the season, they benched him and brought in Daniel Brunskill, who was barely passable as a center. Is that going to happen again? That's not fair to Trey Lance. I don't know. You'd think you'd want some stability at the center position. Again, though, this is, to me, the issue here is not they didn't fix it this year. This is they gave Alex Mack a three-year deal and really thought he was going to honor all three years of it. Really? Wow. Why'd you think that? That was a miscalculation. They banked on getting three years out of an older offensive lineman. They were wrong. Had they been more realistic and invested in someone younger last year, like a draft pick, like Creed Humphrey, like a free agent who was younger than 36, they wouldn't be in this. They wouldn't be in the Jake Brendel. They wouldn't be up there saying, yeah, Jake Brendel really has a lot of promise. They just have a, a good center who's still on the team. So I don't really understand what happened last year. They traded for Trey Lance. They were going to do the rebuild. They were going to do the reload. And all of a sudden they bring in all their their vets back and sign Alex Mack to a three-year deal. And they're surprised when he retires. Wow. Anyway, I'd regret to inform you that the Niners are really serious. They're really trying to make Jake Jake Brendel a thing. And I hate to, to talk, you know, 
I'm not talking down on a fellow Bruin, but let's be frank here. He's not exactly a high, highly sought-after player in the NFL. There are probably better options out there than Jake Brendel, but the Niners still haven't gotten rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, so they're going to actually try to, with a straight face, say that this is the best option for the 49ers. I, I, I don't see it. I'm not sold. Sonny says, how is Trey not your favorite player after his adorable performance? You don't say you don't have a favorite player. I do. I, I love Trey Lance. He's a lot of fun to interview. Uh, he's great. He's wonderful. Definitely among my favorite players for sure. Last, last topic. The nickel competition. This is a full-blown competition. And it's interesting because the uh, I'm not going to say he's the incumbent starter, but the guy who gets the first crack at being the starter, Darquez Denard. Look, he may be a hell of a tackler, but he is a 30-year-old corner who got freaking roasted today by Juwan Jennings. Maybe that's, you know, no knock on, on Denard. Maybe Jennings is just that good. But I don't know. Didn't look good. I, I, from what I've seen with Denard, basically they're just, it's a courtesy start. Like, hey, we'll give you the starting reps in June because we don't want to anoint anyone young. So I don't actually think he's going to start week one. Forget that. So who's the next candidate? Diamador Lenore. I don't buy it. To me, I totally understand why the Niners lost faith in Diamador, and I don't see them regaining the faith anytime soon. Right? Like, they they loved him at first. Positive reports. He started. Right? Like, Jason Brett went down, and he came in, and he played. He played a lot early in the season, but then he was getting burned for big plays and touchdowns. Then you didn't see him anymore. Then the Niners drafted another nickel back in round five. Bad sign for Diamador. Today, he's... He's getting reps inside and outside just like Sam Womack. Today he got burned deep by Brandon Ayuk. I mean, Mosley doesn't get burned deep. Ambry Thomas doesn't get burned deep. Traverius Ward, when he practices, doesn't get burned deep. Lenore does all the time. Why? Because he's aggressive and slow and small for a cornerback. He's, I mean, he's a fifth round pick for a reason. He's not big, he's not fast, and he, I don't know who he thinks he is on the field, but he's very aggressive out there, and he just gets burned. So I don't see him being the nickelback. The guy I think it's going to be is the rookie, Sam Womack. And I'm not saying he hasn't made any plays on the ball. He hasn't broken up any passes. He hasn't intercepted any, anything. He just looks better than the other two guys. He hasn't gotten burned repeatedly. He hasn't gotten beaten like a drum like Denard and Lenore have. I mean, really, seems like the quarterbacks mostly stay away from Womack's coverage, especially when he's in the slot. And when he does get beat, it's a bang-bang play. He's right there. So I'm not saying he's going to be a good nickelback. He might be. But what I like about him in comparison to Lenore is the length. Lenore doesn't have it. He's small and he has short arms. Womack has long arms. Um... Reminds me a little bit of Mosley. Anyway, I think he's going to win that competition. I think the, there's a reason the Niners drafted a, uh, a corner. I mean, essentially, drafting Womack was admitting that Lenore was a mistake. 
Just like drafting Ty Davis Price was admitting that Sermon was a mistake. That's the way I read it. Maybe they'll end up proving themselves and proving that theory wrong. But when they drafted Womack, I thought, mm, that's not a good sign for Lenore because, you know, they didn't draft another safety. Everyone thought the Niners were going to draft another safety because, you know, Talanoa hasn't shown anything. They believe in Talanoa, as we've come to learn. They have unwavering belief in Talanoa. That's why they got rid of Jaquaski Tart and drafted no safeties. Lenore, they replaced him. Or they, they hedged their bet with a, another DB in round five. Just that they hedged their bet on Sermon. So I'm betting on the new guy, Womack, to win this competition. Dark Horse is the undrafted free agent, Quantrez Knight. He's run a 4-3, though, like Womack does. Guys, that's the end of the show. I got to go and eat dinner and recharge for tomorrow's practice, day two. There's also supposed to be a practice day three, but they always cancel those. Always. Anyway, see what happens. See you tomorrow. Adios. Verrett, he's walking around. He's not practicing, if you're wondering. Not practicing yet. Let's see if he actually suits up during training camp. 